0: really pumped about this week's podcast ben alexander former rugby union player 154 games for the act 72 tests for the good guys the wallabies and mate you're here to talk about life i'm really excited to have you on how are you
1: good mate good nice to meet you greg so yeah thanks for having me on mate
0: yeah let's rip in
1: welcome to the body science podcast
0: Bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. This podcast was brought to you by the newest product to enter the body science performance range, myocytin. Independent research proved body science myocytin to outperform standard creatine. In only six days, athletes ingesting myocytin gained more than twice as much body mass as those consuming regular creatine. Athletes also increased upper arm girth by over 200% more than regular creatine users, and improved their bench press performance significantly more than users of regular creatine. Ask your local supplement retailer how to get yours. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And I'm gonna throw after that athletes that have a real purpose after sport. And with me is Ben. We came across through a mutual friend Morgan Woodbury has said that we should chat. So today we're gonna to have a chat, mate. And um, looking at your bio, I'm I'm really thinking, shit. Where do we start? Like you are one very active person.
1: Yeah, th- thanks, mate. <laughs> no, um, yeah, busy in retirement. That's sort of all I can say. So not not getting flogged on the footy field all week. So I have got a little bit more energy to yeah do a few other things. But um, and I've got a very supportive wife that lets me. Yeah, and how just, good a supportive wife is what it's all about, tri- isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, hundred percent,
0: mate. Before we get into your to your footy and and you know you've got. You've, you've got some great success stories post-sport. Let's talk about, I, I, you do a lot of blogging about mental health. I mean, why is that so important to you as an athlete? That I mean, I've got quite a few mates who play for the Wallabies and they, they, they talk about game day and Wallabies is massive, like it is the ultimate thing to run out on that field and you have the biggest highs and then all of a sudden that's gone. It's peeled away from your life. How do you help future athletes or even just everyday people get around the highs and lows of what's happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, suicide's killed the most people I know, more so than cancer, or it robbed my daughters of meeting all eight of their great-grandparents so they That's were lucky great. to meet seven of their eight great-grandparents and it was suicide that um, killed my mother-in-law's father uh, it's killed my grandmother's brother uh, we've lost I've lost a staff member from the from the pub uh, one of our first staff members and then a team a former teammate Dan vickerman who I was uh, close with he yeah. played for the wallabies played at the World Cup with him um yeah he sadly committed suicide as well so when uh, while I was still playing whenever I'd see you know articles about athletes getting depression and retirement suicide, you know, I sort of really paid attention. Well, not paid attention, but just was like, you know, mate could this happen to me when I retired? So I sort of thought a lot about it and a lot about the problem. And I think everyone's had their struggles from time to time. And when I retired, uh, my grandmother died at the sort of around the same in that sort of same month. So I had a really, really sort of tough patch. But um, I just found exercising with my mates was uh, the main thing that sort of got me through that. Yeah, everyone's got their own sort of way through or dealing with struggle. But that was, yeah, it's something I'm really, really passionate about. I by no means have got all the answers and got everything figured out. Myself, but I, I love talking about it, hearing people's uh, strategies, how they live a happy, healthy life, because uh, that's what I try and do every day.
0: Yeah, nice. That's a nice way to be. How hard was that after football? I mean, obviously, when, when you're looking at an elite athlete, you know, you, you go to school, you go to high school, you sort of, you know, here's a uniform, here's our curriculum, here's what we do. Then you become a professional footballer and you pretty much turn up, here's your jersey, here's your training gear, here's where we're going, here's what we're doing. Then all of a sudden you're by yourself. How did you prepare yourself getting out of sport? Because, I mean, and I'll touch on a little bit about you in a second. I mean, you, you had been very busy and you're doing some cool things in life and I congratulate you on that. But that big step out of that sporting arena into your purpose, did you, did you struggle with that at all?
1: I was very lucky that I knew what I wanted to do in retirement. Uh, we can talk about that later and that, yep. that's the stuff with Alfred. So I was really lucky and I sort of had a stepping stone as well with the pub and we'd sort of set that up while that, that was going while uh, we were playing, so I sort of had a a stepping stone in, into into Alpha, but you sort of really hit the nail on the head a lot of it is your structure and your routine and your week is is given to you by your mm-hmm. coach by the exactly. trainer and you just rock up and just do it you never have to train on your own you've always got your mates to train with and I mean I, ha- I to this day can't go train on my own yeah. you know I find it really boring I need my mates to help me make it fun and Um, to help me get through it. So, yeah, with retirement, I did two practices at it. So that was sort of my odd way. How did the first one go? First one, well, my twins were bought. We had twins. Yeah. Uh, So I took... Um, some time off took uh, two or three months off and then my second last season I only signed a six month contract so then I took six months off and then I played my last season and I was done so I kind mm. of had said, three months of no structure to my life and that well obviously I did a lot of structure a lot of changing nappies I'm sure you had someone
0: who was coaching you through that
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I was yeah, no, no feet up resting but, exactly um, and then had the six months and that was really and, I, and that's when I really started working on sort of yeah, really figured out what I want to do post-footy because, um, you know, really interested in technology, interested in food, and sort of that sort of come together with Alfred. So I've, I've, I do feel I've found something I enjoy as much as footy, but there's parts of footy that I still miss, and that's the exercising with mates. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to be really diligent in my week to try and organise it. You know, mates, we do park run every Saturday with a group of mates. Um, you guys, yeah, you guys. Yeah, park run, run I mean, yeah,
0: awesome. I, yep.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's massive here in Canberra. So a group of mates. We always meet on Saturday. Do that, and then go breakfast. Uh, and the dock or the pub we sponsor a Wednesday evening run, six k run from the pub. Everyone goes. Six sorry, six k's at six p.m. And then everyone that does it, the pub will shout everyone a beer after. So that's yeah, um, nice. There's sort of the two ways. And, and I've got another group of mates we sort of go for a jog Tuesday mornings. But um, yeah, I've had to be really diligent in retirement to try and yeah exercise with mates because that that's certainly what you miss the most.
0: Right, and obviously the knees are still good.
1: Yeah, knees are good. Yeah. Shop one shot i'll need to get a clean out yeah but um these are good i'm a bit worried about my noggin after a few sparring sessions i've copped a few big hits uh in this yeah in the prep for the fight coming up but uh um, well, let's no, talk body's... about that
0: what 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 fights that?
1: yeah so fighting terry campese for yeah. raising money for campos fund and the terry campese foundation and uh capital region muscular dystrophy so campo does a ton of work uh in sort of his Neck of the woods in Queanbeyan and southern New South Wales, uh, sheltering homeless people. So he's raised a heap of funds and they've created like a uh, a sleep bus with all these pods. So all the um, you know, people who've fallen on hard times have got a safe p- place to sleep. And oh, he's, doing, he's just doing heaps in his community. So he organised this and then he, pest- yeah, he gave the public call and I was silly enough to agree. <laughs> he caught me at a week moment. So signed up. And then muscular dystrophy is they're the main fight organisers. So half the money's going to muscular dystrophy, half's going to, yeah, Campos Foundation, but um, with muscular dystrophy, sort of. Oh, I don't know anyone apart from the the fight organizer that has muscular dystrophy. So there wasn't too much of a, um, a deep purpose for doing it other the fight, other than just a bit of a challenge. But my so my father is a genetic re- research, a genetic researcher, yep. or a paediatric geneticist, however you want to say it, and they've just cured. a a type of or a similar genetic condition to muscular dystrophy called spinal muscular atrophy and that's normally a terminal illness uh for newborn children uh but it's done it's they've cured it the geneticists using some of dad's research they've cured it so i'm just a big believer in um genetic research and there's nothing our researchers can't do if we don't give them the time and funds to to keep doing their work keep learning about how uh, the human body works because i think there's more diseases on the horizon whose time is that the, their disease, those times almost up. Yeah, exactly. That's great to hear.
0: So have you ever had a charity fight before? <laughs>
1: no. And I won't won't again. One, <laughs> one and done. Retiring one and O or oh and one. Uh what do you think it'll be? Oh uh, I hope well, I feel good. Feel good. Feel good. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get too clucky just yet yeah. too broody but that'd no, be really good i've been got a great trainer gary hamilton who's a former british uh, kickboxing champ um and some yeah some former canberra security guards who all did boxing have all flogged, flogged the shit out of me uh, over the last three months so no i feel good and just yeah we'll see how we go
0: so you're probably living the ultimate males life you've played games for the brumbies you played for the wallabies your charity fighting and you also own a pub like seriously that is just that's a bio i want that's awesome So how did you go around the the process of getting into a pub? Was that something you did during sport? Was that post-sport?
1: Yes. So when I I came to Canberra from Sydney in 2003 and I I was studying um, at University of Canberra Mm -hmm. and the pub right next to our Mm -hmm. college, it was called The Lighthouse um, a very famous institution here in Canberra. And so I Ash went is nodding so, big
0: time right now. She's going, yeah, yes, Ash I know that go. one, yeah.
1: <laughs> Coming from Gungale and Ash should know very well. So I went every Wednesday for years, never... Well, basically I went so much that I got to know the family that owned it really, really well. <laughs> and then, so they were looking to do a new pub and a sort of a sport... So we're a sports bar, well, half sports bar, half nautical theme. So we're on, we're right on, we're at the Kingston foreshore on Lake Burley Griffin there. So we're half sort of ocean theme, half sports bar and yeah, they wanted to, a sports person involved with the pub when they were looking to set it up. So they approached me as one of their good friends. And I got uh, Scott Fardy, who also played for the Wallabies and, and the Brumbies. He's another owner as well. So there's four, a brother and a sister who are lifelong publicans and then Scott Fardy and myself for the four four owners there. And it's been awesome. It's been such a good uh, first um, venture into business for me. I've yeah. uh, never done any business, anything like it before. And we just won, yeah, we won Best Pub in Canberra at the recent uh, uh, hospitality awards so for the first time so that little feather in the cap there and, and we got a shout out from shooter mcgavin that was um that was our uh that was a yeah, sort of nice icing on the cake there so mate um, that's
0: awesome anyone who wants to check the pub out have you got an insti handle there
1: yeah just the doc cbr on so Instagram.
0: t-h-e-d-o-c-k-c-b-r yep yep perfect on and have a look. You've also got your finger in, you mentioned a second ago that you're, you're into tech. So you've got a bit of a tech story as well to add to that bio that I just threw out a second ago.
1: Yeah, so we—I've um, always loved technology and computers. It's a bit ironic that I couldn't get my um, monitor, my my camera working before <laughs> for Ash having a Google instructions for me. So sorry, Ash, I'm not not as good as with computers as I should be. But yeah, I grew up in Seattle uh, as as a kid, and and so that's obviously Microsoft and Amazon, and so we grew up around sort of all that um, in in the '90s, and just always loved computers when I was playing. Oh, well, I was always in the fat club when I was at Brums to, to beat around the bush. So if you come back from holidays, yeah, you're, you're, you're in the fat club. And I was always um, really a heavy kid. Despite being super active and doing heaps, I always really struggled struggled to control myself around food. And yeah, always had heaps of issues with my weight. Um, but I was really lucky that I found a sport where that was kind of a... Occupational prerequisite to be front row in rugby union, you had to be you know, big guy. Um, so that kind of, but even then, I was still in Fat Club. But uh, we had a trainer one year who was at the Broncos and he's been with England and he's now at um, Australian Rugby, Dean Benton. And when he no, no, came, Dean, yeah, oh, you, you did? Oh, yeah, Dean Benton. Okay, if hey, you got what, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, he's a great, I, I like oh, he's,
0: he's one of the good guys in sport, like he's clever, very clever. Yeah, be careful. he's
1: mad, mad as a cut snake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean. I well, to say
0: you've got to be careful what you say. He obviously had an impact on you.
1: Massively, yeah. massively. So when um he ca- Jake White um who won the World Cup with South Africa he came to be brumby's coach uh, and then so we came second last the year before. Dean comes, got the whole, everyone fit as fiddles. He yep. got hired a chef. Uh, and he remember, he sat me down and said, Ben, you've got to get fit. We've got to get you a fat club. I want you to write down everything you eat. I want you to keep a food diary. And I did it for one week, wrote everything down. And yeah, lost some weight. But then I, I never could never really stick with it. It was a bit of a pain in the ass to keep um, writing everything down. Yep. Anyway, so and then Daniel, yeah, we got to the grand final, just lost that year to the Chiefs in New Zealand. But yeah, really, really enjoyed. Two years and, and my favourite two years of Brums was under Dean, and so I'd love love you to bits, DB, if you hear this. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that that always sort of. Um, writing and keeping a food dough, that week was sort of always like oh yeah that was good and really helped me make better choices I didn't eat perfectly but having to write it down I'd have one magnum in the week instead of three yeah a
0: bit of accountability
1: um, um, bit of accountability exactly yeah. so then and then I've always loved my phone and love apps and then I saw a, a player in Europe who was doing like some borderline bodybuilding, body build a prop a front row that I used to play against who was a big guy saw this video where he was like absolute like pretty Rit. much a bodybuilder and yeah. he'd been and he goes in the video and he says he's eating beer chips but he's tracking everything and so that got me into using um you know use my fitness power for a couple of years and i loved it. it got me out of fat club uh and it taught me a lot about my eating habits yep. and then when any friends and family would ask me well they'd start talking about their weight i go oh well, will just just track it use an app there's heaps everyone would download whatever whatever app they'd use but they would yeah they couldn't stick to it they could they'd give it a few days of a crack and then they just go nah it's not for me too much work too yep. complicated so that that sort of stood my mind for about another year and then one day sort of had an epiphany well want to build my own so we've built one called alfred where um, we can do all the work for you so you don't have to do any of the data entry you can just send us a photo or even just a text of what you ate if you forgot to take the photo and we'll do all the data entry for you so we've partnered up with the head of nutrition here at the university of canberra um, associate professor nana and we've got some nutrition students and myself and we just photos come through we quickly look up how many calories are in it and we do all the data entry for you.
0: So, and that um, app's called Alfred, is it?
1: Alfred, yeah. Batman's Butler. So Batman, he's, like, he's like your Butler. And up, like, yeah, he helps. He helps you go out and become the hero.
0: And how do you? How does the app charge for that?
1: So at the moment it's free, but we will build a subscription. Um, wow. So you're so offering just trying to service. Get it? Yeah yep so it's yeah it's it's a bit of work but that that's what that's my full-time Alfred is what I do and for work the doc sort of the doc I'm really lucky it takes care of itself Uh, business partners the legends and they've got um, everything sorted there but um yeah I absolutely love uh tracking things that impact my energy because I think that's when you say you're feeling good and healthy I think what you really mean is you've got a lot of energy I think that's the definition of being healthy and so I track my sleep using an ua ring I track all my exercise with uh, Strava and my Apple Watch I know we, we did that while I was playing you know as we have a GPS tracker while we were playing and at the end of the week the coaches would put up the GPS report of how far everyone ran and you'd be like oh this bloke's cut corners he hasn't done enough k's this week and Dean Benton he'd be like checking all the GPS numbers making sure everyone did enough k's and so I sort of knew about 20 kilometers is my like, I, I feel good when yep. I do about 20 k's or 15 to 20 k's of running a week but I mean I just love tracking things that impact my energy and I think I'm mean, going would be different for everyone but for me tracking my food has made the biggest difference to my energy obviously because food's the energy you eat and if I was carrying around a lot of unnecessary weight so that drained my energy and then there's the mental health stuff around like i would always beat myself up mentally because i couldn't control People myself do beat themselves
0: yeah. off about that, don't they? Uh,
1: yeah. and that is the biggest drain of my energy and none of that happens anymore it's yeah. none of that chat's gone it's just energy and optimism now because i have I'm not total control over what i eat but i have some control and i'm accountable and it's all just been from tracking so it's where sort of the love of technology and food sort of blended together and that's what i'm going to spend the rest of my life working on
0: mate that is awesome that is um so that's you just jump on and download alfred yep yeah? We've
1: only got Apple version at the moment because yep. we um, obviously at the, we're doing it all manually, like doing all the estimating. So we can't do. We haven't released outside Australia yet, and we haven't done the Android version yet because we've still got some stuff. Uh, our tool that helps us process you know, large numbers of meals, we're still improving that tool as well as the app that people use. But we're on the right track. We're really excited with. So we've done seven thousand meals so far this year. So well, congratulations. Um, for, we Yeah, thanks. For, <laughs> thanks, mates. We um, it's the. Fourth Fourth, fourth version. So I was working on it for four year, three years with a relative who used to do a bit of coding and um, we bombed out three times. We'd built three versions and we couldn't get it to work properly. Well, the first version kind of worked all right and we had to start again And then we'd sort of done another year's work, and then we hit this bug we couldn't fix. Started again, and then after the third year, we sort of we parted ways. And really lucky to have teamed up with some guys from um, Zero, you know, accounting software company Zero. Company, yeah. Yeah, so they're um, in Canberra. The payroll payroll part of Zero. The team of developers are based here in Canberra. Okay. And one of the lead guys there is a big Brumbies fan and park runner Dominic Miller, who's CTO of Alfred now. um, Bloody legend. Shout out. And so yeah, shout out Dom. The the. the Dungeon Bard, trying to get me to Dungeons and Dragons. So he's got a bit of work to do there before he turns me back in a, into a Dungeons and Bra- Dragons king. But, and Duncan Buchanan's another guy there, uh, has joined the Alfred team. And, and then we got Nash Canalo, who's a, a web developer, and some mates that are helping, uh, doing the actual building. So, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell i don't know how we got onto that but
0: that's... No, that's all that's an awesome app for people to download let's talk about post-footy because obviously you you played front row so you would have been running some uh fairly high daily calories there i assume how did you go when you stopped playing football because you mentally you're like well i'm used to a plate this big and all the things that come with food
1: Yeah, so i think on the big days of training i would be having about five thousand so tuesdays yeah we like you have like weights in the morning you have our big unit session so for, for a 4 The biggest session of the week was units when you do live malls. Yep. Scrums, like all the, it wasn't a lot of running, but oh, it just was so physically taxing. And then, then with Tuesday afternoons, it'd always be our big team session with a lot of running. So, Tuesdays, yeah, on a big day, sort of it would be at four and a half to five thousand calories. We'd be doing three sessions in the day. Yeah, obviously, I don't need that much in retirement. I only eat about sort of two to two and a half thousand now. But the other thing, so sort of, yeah, I only learnt all that from tracking. Like, I had mm. no idea about calories and macros and any of that. I just ate food. If I was hungry, I'd eat. Yep. But tracking, Yeah, and the other thing it taught me was, apart from just the specific numbers, was I was stuck in a cycle of I would either not pay attention to what I was eating and I'd eat way too much, or I well then when I'd start feeling fat and a bit not good about myself, I would become too obsessive about what I was eating and eat not enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd only eat salads or boiled chicken or whatever and i'd only probably have eight to eight hundred to a thousand calories in a day and it's really i don't know what it is about the brain whether it's fight or flight or whether our brains are really only got sort of two modes and i think that's why nice. finding balance is a really sort of hard thing yep. eating that sort of balanced amount especially especially for me when it was either i'm all or not an all or nothing person finding that balance um is really hard and i think the way i try and explain it is like using an app to my phone a computer it's doing all the thinking my brain so my brain doesn't have to do it to find balance it's like um, if you had to remember everyone's phone numbers in your brain that's pretty hard but you just use your phone to do all the remembering for you so like i see mobile phones as extensions of our brain and there's a lot of thinking and thought process that these phones can do and so i i think about um you know technology i think well what are the thought processes our brain is doing that we actually could outsource it to a to a computer and i think trying to find balance with food and tracking whether you've eaten too much that's a thought process i think a computer can do better than because i get to the evening and i open alfred and i go oh i haven't eaten that much today or i can eat i can eat a big dinner or i go oh i've eaten too much better go easy because i just forget otherwise my brain gets caught up in whatever i'm doing and i i forget what i've had for breakfast or lunch and and yeah we just we got so much coming at us these days it's hard to like remember yep. and and then, and then to do it consistently over long periods of time which is where like anyone in business anything like results come from consistency over Absolutely. a long period of
0: time absolutely and mate you've had a success story there too because you've lost over 20 kilos since your footy days from tracking
1: yep yep so i, I like i would gotten control of my eating and out of fat club while i was playing so i was playing i finished my playing career about 116 117 but i was near 130 at my heaviest but so but i like i felt yeah like as soon as i retire i'll just lose another 15 kilos like it didn't like i knew i could do it because i even though i hadn't lost heaps of weight i i knew from tracking i i've got control of my weight now so I just said, as soon as footy's over and I don't need any more weight, I'll just drop the rest. And then been trying to get to 99, but I've plateaued at 102 because I feel great and I don't really want to cut out any more foods that I enjoy. And
0: um, You have to live. And you're still but, pretty yeah. active too. I mean, you're, you've got a charity fight coming up and you've, you're, you're into your running too.
1: Yeah, park run's awesome. Love yeah. that. But so I don't lift as much weights. So like I try and do yoga a couple times a month, just to stretch everything out. But um, yeah, love love park run. Just did my hundredth the other week, so I'm big. Wow. Congratulations! Uh, thanks. I, I identify as a park runner now. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> that is awesome. That is great. That is great.
1: So they, yeah, no, I love everything park runs about, especially with the community side of it. Yeah, I absolutely love it because that's I'm always still a part of the rugby community, but you know I've, i do feel a bit out of it from obviously when you're a player but just yeah the park run community has been so welcoming and they're there every saturday like yeah i've grown up playing sports like saturday's com- competition day for me like it's been that way my whole life it was always rugby yeah. for 20 odd years but now yeah. it's park run and some weeks I'll give it a real crack, try and beat my PB. Or some weeks I might just pace a friend. Or some weeks I might just. Uh, so I'm volunteering this Saturday just because I want to save the legs for Saturday night. Yeah. But um, love everything Parkrun's about. Couldn't um, and what the what the founders trying to do, Paul sinnott Hewitt, you know, promoting a happier and healthier planet. I'm I'm all about that and yeah, just love everything Parkrun's doing. Yeah, that's a great story,
0: mate. With the Brumbies, are you still do you still do anything
1: at the Brumbies these days? Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm now on the board. Uh, at the Brumbies. Um, I'll just throw that on the bio as well. Yeah, well, that was only in the last (laughs) couple of weeks. Got kindly asked on uh, to replace, I'm sort of the players representative on the board now. So Pat McCabe, uh, former teammate, he's been on there for three years. So he's stepped down because he's having his third child. So yes, I'm doing that. And I'm helping some of the academy guys get out of fat club. Uh, so I've only just started in the last couple of months for those
0: people that don't know do you just want to explain what fat club is and how you earn the right to be there
1: well it's now called sumo club um, <laughs> they've changed the name but it will always be fat club to me yeah. um, it's just if your skin folds are too high so when you come back from holidays yep. as elite athlete and if your skin folds are too high you're in fat club so you're sticking extras. around after training doing extras um, there was all sorts of punishments um, you know Dean Benton boy, he was ruthless on the Yeah, you know, you'd be training seven days you even have to only come in for 10 minutes on a sunday but it would just wreck your sunday morning because you have to come in not train hard but it, it, it would just wreck your sunday if you weren't in shape ready ready to go it was cleaning staff you had to clean the staff's car one year um <laughs> Sitting on a bike in a corner and stare at a wall as punishment for just doing some extra fat burning exercises. Yeah, what wasn't a lot of fun, and I'm, you could probably tell I'm a bit scarred. My <laughs> Did you
0: spend a lot of time there by yourself, or you had always had a good friend?
1: I always had a few good friends. <laughs> I was, it's not a lo- It's one thing. It's Fat Club. It's not a lonely place.
0: Well, man, can drink beer. There will always be a Fat Club. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A number of times that our uh, players have come to us and said, "Mate, I'm had a few beers over over our Chrissy. What can we do?" Yeah, there's not a lot you can do if you have fun. You got to pay the pay the pot. So, mate, moving moving just to the forwards, so you want to talk a little about rugby? Where, where are we going with rugby in Australia? Like, where, where do you see the sport going? I mean, obviously you're on a board now at at the Brumbies, and that's a big step forward post player. Where do you see rugby going in Australia?
1: Up. Uh, it's hit, it hit rock bottom last year. So I, I think from the moment Johnny Wilkinson kicked that drop goal in 2003, rugby is just slowly, slowly, slowly declining yep. um, in pretty much all areas. There was a couple of blips, like a couple of bright blips. Obviously, the Reds winning in 2011. That was great. Yep. Um, 2014, the Waratahs won, that was great 2015, Wallabies played unbelievable Got to the World Cup final But other than that There hasn't been much to write about Since that 2003 World Cup Home World Cup, Australian Bank the Rugby Australia's bank balance was chockers. We'd, they'd won the 99 World Cup. They'd won five or six Bledislows. They won the 2001 British and Irish Lions series. And then they host a World Cup, make the final, and like just got done um, by a you know, great memorable moment in rugby history with Johnny Wilkinson kicking that drop goal. But for whatever reason, I don't know why rugby decided to... Um, decline. I mean, you'd see it in business businesses that reach the peak and then they just absolutely they stop reinvent. They stop reinvent. reinventing. They yep. stop. Yep. They stop pushing forward. And rugby was just, I think, guilty of that. You know, decisions made in, the, in sort of post that World Cups just led to a decline. And, and it, it well it truly fell apart last year when COVID hit. And um, but yeah, big believer that the what do they say in that Batman movie? Night night is the night is darkest just before the dawn. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Love that. So I think yeah, rugby went through its dark patch last year but it's on the rise you know we've got great coaching uh staff there at the wallabies now reds are playing great brumbies are doing great force are doing great melbourne so so but um the the big problem at the moment's the waratahs they they're responsible for inspiring the most amount of young rugby players and yeah. then obviously in sydney this you know that's been traditionally a rugby stronghold uh, and for the waratahs to not win a game uh during super rugby au and then now they're going to start play the kiwis you, you can't imagine they're going to pick up many wins against The Kiwis either So that's a real problem The game's got to fix But Reds are doing great Under Brad Thorne And the other good thing For rugby That it needed to happen Was it parted ways With Foxtel That was something I was um, It needed to get with the times and jump on streaming. And I know Fox have done KO, but I think they missed, missed the gate a bit. Uh, and most all the streaming services, so I've had an NBA streaming service since, well, I've subscribed to the NBA one since 2013. Yeah, exactly. And I've always said, so why, why is it rugby do that? This, this model of pay, you know, 40, 50 bucks a month to have all these sports, that model doesn't. Really work anymore. I think people could follow maybe two sports yep. closely. I reckon. I mean, how many do you follow? Obviously, rugby leagues, one, but. I'm
0: um, the footy coach. Yeah, that's me. Like it's. And surfing. So I've got a third that I do, but. And you know, they're just getting into this heavy streaming and surfing at the moment. And I think it's the future of. I mean you can everything's content purposed isn't it like it's what do I want to watch it's for me so whereas and
1: it's like it's well, it's not niche it's like you got to be a bit more narrow like my dad loves this YouTube channel about um, solar panels he's been trying to set up a little <laughs> solar thing at his property and he watches this channel for hours like and that's I think now like with rugby pe- there's people that just want to watch rugby or there's people that just exactly. want to watch AFL or yeah. league I don't think people watch have you got the time to watch all the different sports and now and there's women's sports for everything this like if this is coming from someone that runs a sports pub and we love having sport on the telly but there's there's so much sport and like i have to switch off until nba until finals time i only start watching obviously the i start watching finals time I won't miss any finals love watching lebron and and the warriors and i mean i'm a sonics fan at heart rest yeah. in peace obviously no, no longer with us the sonics so i'm a bit of an nba orphan but uh yeah i don't think so sorry yeah it's great that rugby's gone down that route with channel nine and stan and they, they're doing a, a dedicated streaming service and they're getting Getting rugby from Japan and Europe. And it's just all the rugby you can watch. And I think that's the model, the, the, the path forward. And now rugby's on free to air as well. Yep. So, like, now yeah, this last Saturday night, I couldn't see any league on free to air. There was actually only Union and AFL. So I was like, oh, that's. <laughs> Oh, that's great for rugby. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it took rugby a long time to wean itself off the Foxtel dollars, as, yep. as understandably, because the broadcast, the way the games are broadcast is obviously is the most, the biggest part of the revenue. So, that, yeah, that and then it's rugby. I mean, yeah, the good, good times ahead. We've got the Lions series in 2025 and then hopefully host a World Cup in 2027. Yeah, nice. So if we can send a young team to this 2023 World Cup and if they can do well, with the plan of pretty much all that that team will, play the 2025 Lions series and then try and win a home 2027 World Cup. I think of rugby, all all our planning in Australian rugby is towards winning, hosting and winning the 2027 World Cup. I think we can see rug, a second coming of or a second golden era of rugby in Australia.
0: Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I love to see the rugby make a comeback. You said, just speaking on that, you said you had a fair bit of time in the academies. Do you, have we got some good cattle coming
1: through? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of, lot of the guys in Canberra or in other I've oh, Just
0: in rugby in Australia. I mean, obviously you spend more time at Canberra but are are we are we looking at some uh, the next generation like you just talked about being able to do what you're just talking about
1: yeah I think um Oh, there's absolutely good juniors. Yeah. And rugby rugby's not been the problem's been the cut hasn't been the cattle, it's been the cultivating of the cattle. And I think it's more been the farmers than the cattle. Yep. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, having a guy like Brad, like Brad Thorne uh, is just doing incredible things. What an at incredible the athlete, too, yeah. Oh yeah. much respect. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't speak hot more highly of Brad Thorne and just everything he stands for and wish I'd got to play a game with him, but I'm still happy having got to play against him and Coming off on the wrong side against him a few times is still a I don't you know, think I still like something. Him to run but at me. My, well, I run at him. That was <laughs> the problem. He wasn't the great ball cap. If you ran at him, you'd know about it. Yeah, um, it's a big unit. But yeah, oh, and just, but just the discipline. And it's a bit old school, you know. Like a lot of. um you know, we, we, times are changing. We'll get with the times. Everyone's a bit touchy-feely, but it's good to still see a little bit of hard school, hard, old school, you know, kind of toughen up, lads, let's rip in and yep. just train hard, work hard. So that's great to see. Dan McKell at the Brumbies is doing great. So there, there are some really good coaches. It's great having Dave Rennie um, involved. But, yeah, the academy systems in rugby has changed so many times over the last 20 years, like how it's structured. Yep. Uh, that we Australia tried to do it its own way and it sort of tried to copy how New Zealand do it, and there just hasn't been a clear path for these young guys like you play a few how do i become a professional because that's what every kid wants to know like how do i do it and you've got to have a nice clear pathway so they go right. Oh, if i do this then i'll make if i play well i'll make this team and then if i do play well i'll make this team and then this is the the progression and i think in australia that hasn't been very clear and they're losing guys are sort of losing their way off this rugby path and they're getting pinched by other codes this I, mean, I can't tell how many that cry and there's heaps of good um, union juniors all playing league now which is something rugby unions really got to fix but they need the They got to get the dollars in the bank account to be able to compete, so um, a
0: couple of new rugby league t- franchises are going to make that a bit tougher, too.
1: What's that? Where I heard was another one in Brisbane, is that
0: yeah? I don't know the exact what's happening, but I definitely think there's more teams coming, yeah. so yeah.
1: Well, I actually think that's good for rugby because I think league could probably maybe overstretch themselves, and I think um, they still haven't weaned themselves off the Foxtel dollars, they because they're still things are still pretty good, yeah. So I think I, I like the direction rugby's going more than league. Like I know league's still in a healthier um, position, but I think rugby's running a leaner ship now. They've had they've had they've taken their lumps and I really like the direction rugby's headed at the moment. And if league want to, you know, overexpand and I mean, yeah, it's like if you open up if you got a heap of franchise and you open up too many shops, eventually it can all fall apart pretty quick. And rugby made that mistake. You know, we tried to have the force, and we had to chop the force, and you know, there's talk of chopping the rebels. You know, the force are back now only because of the generosity of Twiggy Forrest. But yeah, if the league want to open up more teams. That's great. They're going to have to manage them, and maybe that's rugby's opportunity to yeah. Oh, there see.
0: You know. That's a nice way to look at it. So, mate, just in finishing up, we uh, we did a deal with the Giltinis in LA. This year, what do you think Bigger about the what do you think guns. about the Americans having a, like a three hundred million person pool to pull rugby players from? Is that an exciting thing for the sport or
1: massively? And I've always wondered why the the focus in rugby was always on Asia. I always thought like growing up in the states, like rugby is just less ads than NFL, no helmets, like less stoppages. So technically, and NFL is a very complex game with a Absolutely. lot of rules. So you think technically they should love rugby, other mm. than it was um sort of seen as like the pot english sport i think that's i mean i don't know my sports history very well when how they started nfl probably is a bit of up you to the english back in the 18 whatever's i really think americans will love rugby really 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 think it it suits them especially like along that west coast time zones are a lot better than when we go play in south africa we're playing at 3 a.m fans aren't getting up yeah, fans aren't getting up to watch that. And then oh, always thought the West Coast of the States, but, yeah, they're going great guns. Giltinis, top of the table, great Matt Gitto. Still can't believe Gitz is still... Still playing good still footy, is Adam Ashley Cooper, yeah. got Dave Dennis, they got a few few. They look young, like they're um, having
0: fun too. That's the thing. They really look like they're having fun.
1: Yeah. So it's what their first first season. And normally we used to seeing in the new team at the bottom and they sort of got to find their feet. But uh, and a lot of that's also like we're talking about farmers before coaches. Like Darren Coleman's a guy that and Stephen Hoyle's especially Darren Coleman's done a lot of yeah, you know, really paid his dues in club rugby in Australia and is a very experienced coach that hasn't been given a super rugby opportunity that probably deserves to be. Yeah. Um I know he was at the brumbies for a little while uh many moons ago now but um no it's great to see them going well and hopefully they get full stadium soon
0: yeah exactly i think it's all opening up well mate we might um, wrap it up there i just want to congratulate you on your career and post career like it's it's an awesome bio that you've got like it, it's just so good to see i just talk to so many athletes at after sport it's tough you know it's really tough because you know the the leagues or the, the the associations don't put enough into, and they probably fucking hate what I'm saying right now, but there's not enough for young men leaving sport, in my opinion. And and you seem to have nailed, you, you got the perfect formula, and I congratulate you on that. Um, you might look at me and go, no, I don't, but from just chatting to you today, you you seem like you have a lot of really good things to get up every day for, and that's that's the biggest challenge for most of us these days. And yeah, it was it was really nice chatting. Look forward to chatting again if we can one day soon.
1: Yeah, mate, love to love to come back and it creates everything you guys have done too. I always love, I think. So- plenty of your protein bars they were always <laughs> floating around the brumbies change room and i loved them yeah that we love being involved
0: that. the brumbies that's that's been a great relationship so mate um if we want to catch up with you how do we find you
1: facebook ben a1984 that's yep. a very original instagram handle <laughs> or, or benny benny underscore alexander on twitter on
0: twitter where are you most social which which platform
1: uh, instagram probably instagram. most because we, we share out yeah a lot of because the docs on there and yeah we share a lot of photos because of the pub so yeah. instagram and facebook are probably the main two
0: nice and so if we ever want a free beer at your pub we got to go run park run first so is that is that a-
1: or <laughs> or the other one the other one now so we had a um, shooter mcgavin you you know of cameo don't you the the where you can pay to get a celebrity shout out you pay like yep, yep. a few hundred bucks and you send them a script anyway so we did one with shooter mcgavin the actor from happy gilmore because our co-founder or co-owner at the dock he's called shooter after him yeah anyway so we've now got a if you come to the dock during a rumbies or a raiders game and you go shooter sent me we'll shout your free drink as well so oh, there's a two a- way there's a two ways to get a free drink a so run or that
0: that's probably the best close to a podcast i've ever had so i'm gonna nail that one down now thanks for coming on mate really appreciate you being around and uh keep keep up all that good thing you're doing especially around that mental health area with the blogging and stuff it's really good to see thanks heaps good. that was good